Verse number seven and eight, what a marvelous verse of scripture as we pick up from where we left off this morning as we are talking about a good life are starting over at the end of the road. And of course, what Donnie said earlier, is it a road or the road? Now it is a road that can become the road or the end of the road. And so what you've got to do is when you come to the end of something in your life, something no longer as it was that you know how to start over. This is the whole theme of what God has placed in my heart concerning this decade. We're not just starting a new year. We're starting a new decade. And I want this to finish the greatest that we have ever had, both as a church and as individuals. The Word of God says in verse 7, this is the sum of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived, 175 years. And Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age. An old man, full of years, and was gathered to his people. In 2003, a young lady who was continually having seizures that they could not find the cause of them it was causing her much difficulty. And after a long time, Ms. Tara Falls submitted to what the doctor said, which should be a surgery that could and most likely repair and help with the seizures. When she went into surgery as a young lady of 27, something happened during the surgery. She had what they considered to be a, not just a seizure, but a stroke. They didn't know the effect of that stroke on her until she woke up. When she woke up, it wasn't long until they discovered that she had a symptom that it was an extremely rare symptom, which was called face recognition problem because of the stroke. Now what it was is that something happened in one part of the brain that would not allow her to recognize faces of people. It was so bad that she could not recognize her own face. If she looked in a mirror, she would be looking at a stranger and would say, who is that? And if she turned away and they told her, that's you, and she turned back to the mirror, she would say, well, then who is that? Because there was no way to comprehend because they call it prosomagnia. It, that's the medical term for it. It's a caused by the stroke. And it was so difficult for her life 
because she lived in constant everything new. For instance, if she went to her school to, to watch her children perform, let's say, in a, in a program at school, when, when her child came forward to do a song or do, a, do something, she could not recognize it was her child. And so someone had to say, now that's so-and-so, that's your daughter. And so this was a very difficult thing. Every day of her life, waking up with nothing but strangers, even herself. Now with medical assistance and with, with therapy and, and work, she has gotten better over the time. But could you imagine that for your life? Look around, look at your, your family sitting with you and your husband, your children, whoever it is, and think that something could happen. And you know everything, but you just don't recognize the face of who that is. It's with you. This is really starting over every day. It's having to live your life in a absolute Today's a new day, and everything is new. And I don't know how I can handle that, and maybe you don't either. This morning, we talked about living our lives, and when we come to the end of the road. Now, that's not the end, unless you make it the end, and a lot of people do. I had some people who came to me after service, and we talked about that that so often you find people that lived a very productive, very healthy life, and upon retiring, that would be, people would be amazed that they passed away a year later, or a few months later, as a matter of fact, because that there is something about life that has to have purpose. And so we're talking about starting this new decade Starting this new year with not just a resolution, not just something that we say we're going to do, as we do maybe in every year, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go on a diet, I'm going to get healthy, I'm going to start running, I'm going to do this. Some of you did those resolutions on January the 1st, and here we are now deep into two weeks of the new year. And I would dare say that most New Year's resolutions have already been broken. Amen? Not going to eat sweets until you happen to see that good-looking sugar cookie. Amen? But I want to talk about what it is and how that we do not make resolutions, literally make new starts. When we come, maybe forced by it, maybe by choice, but we come to a place that the road has run out and is no more productive at the end of that particular aspect of our life. What are we to do? Abraham, Moses, these two men, as we're going to look in their life for the next couple of weeks, can give us such a marvelous understanding 
of what it is when you come to whatever the end is for you in that circumstance that you're in. Here are the six things. I said five this morning. And so I've got a, I've, I, there is one that I skipped. So let me go over those again to you and give you the six and then we're going to talk about them briefly. Number one is purpose. You must, regardless of where you are, start into this new decade with a purpose. If you're living without a purpose, then you are missing the greatest potential of what you have been gifted with. And that is what God has instructed and poured into you and given you all of the knowledge and wisdom. So you need to find what is my purpose. I said this morning that there are two things that you, you will do in this purpose of your life. It will be about you. It will be selfish. It will be self-anointed. It will be all about, well, this is what I'm going to do with my life for the rest of my life. And if that is it, you have a very unhappy future and a very short-lived happiness because it doesn't work. But it's only when you pour out into others. So your new purpose must always be about how many people can I touch and change and make a difference in their life. And so that's what we left off this morning. Those other points that I will give you is number two is priorities. Number three is power. Number four is persistence. All of these start with a P, so that would help you. Number five is possessions. And then number six is principles. Those six things must be a part of your new start. When you're at the end of the road, it means that there's no right, there's no left, and there's certainly no going back. In life, there is no reverse. It's either forward or dead. Amen. I said it's either forward or dead. You don't go back. And so when you're at the end of whatever it is that brought you to that point, that there is nothing else for you to do except to pave a new way and program yourself to go beyond where other people have gone or wherever you have ever gone. Everything has brought you up to that point. When we live in that position of, of starting over and starting again, here are two main things you need to realize you've got to do to yourself. Number one is you've got to redefine yourself. Which means that too many of us are trying to bring our old life and what we have and what we were and make it fit into the present. There are too many people 
that can't make life's transitions because they refuse to reprogram themselves or redefine themselves. I, I made a choice a number of years ago is to remain young as long as I possibly can. And I might not look it, and I can't keep the gray hair away, and I can't keep the wrinkles away, and I can't keep perhaps some weakness coming on, but I can redefine myself to see if I'm ready to go in to whatever the future has. And I believe every one of us should do that. But we're, we get stuck in what we were and we refuse to become what we can be. Abraham and Moses are examples of what, when Moses came to, the Lord approached him and said, I want you to go in and I want you to do this. He said, I can't. I, I can't even talk. God said, leave the excuses alone. I, I am who I am. And it's not what you are, it's who I am. And I will redefine you. I will re-anoint you. I will give you what's needed. So you must be able to redefine yourself and then reboot yourself. In other words, how many has ever rebooted a, 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 a computer or, and you just have to kill it and make it come back alive? Amen? If your phone gets stuck, mine does it every once in a while. Some of these, some of these old programs will come on. Or something I'll have on there and I'll I'll punch and, and I'll call Siri and I'll say, look, fix this mess. And she'll say, you fixed it, you messed it up. <laughs> and I have to kill it and reboot it, bring it back so that it can have a time of healing. We need a time of healing in our lives, rebooting. Getting rid of the old stuff that's brought so much death to us. We have accumulated so much junk in our lives and we just keep on piling it on. We bring the worries, we bring the frets, we bring all of the disappointments and we bring all the stuff that's happened to us in our past and try to go forward with it. If you don't get rid of it and reboot yourself to say today is a new day, this is a new decade, this is a new time for Jim Kelly, and he's going to do things according to the will of God, and I'm going forward in the name of Jesus. And however forward that might be, I must be obedient to God. I love what the Word of God says in the book of Isaiah. Of course, if you're ever looking for my favorite scripture, our chapter in the Bible is the 40th chapter of the book of Isaiah. And that 31st verse says, But those who wait upon the Lord, and that is not about sitting down and taking it easy. It means that you're going, you go before God and reboot. Because that word wait means to exchange what you have for what God has. That's what that word wait is. It means to exchange your strength for His strength. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Give God what you've got and let Him give you what He's got. And so they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. My, my, my. Mm. 
They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is a powerful word of God that God has said this is what's going to, if you want to renew your strength, reboot yourself. Get the strength of God back in you. That's why you've got to have a personal revival in your life. You cannot, you cannot until you've repented, cleaned up house, reboot your life. Does everybody understand that? All right. So we must have purpose. Purpose? That's compelling. Number one, purpose that's compelling, which means that you've got to have something in your life that will draw you, not just, just become comfortable and relax with where you are, but challenging you, challenge you to not be the way you are. Number two, that you've got to have a purpose that has a reason that you follow through with it, that you don't give up on it in two weeks or two months, but that you will follow through. And number three, a purpose that you revive in your life daily, that you revive in your life daily. Let me give you two things that you need to do in order that the purpose can be in you. Listen, every one of you has within you what I heard an old lady say one time, and I never, never will forget it, she said, there's a pallet light inside of you. The old timers used to call it the fire. And a lot of people will let their pallet light blow out, go out. There's no fire there. There's nothing there. I pray that my life exemplifies to you what it is to have a fire inside of you. There's a fire in me about serving God and preaching the Word of God and leading people to Christ and working in the kingdom of God. And if your pallet light has gone out, then you will have no purpose. You don't have anything that will drive you. And then secondly, you need to learn the difference between the push and the pull. What is the push? The push is when you have to push yourself out of bed every morning. And you look at the clock and say, I ain't got a reason to get up. And you go back to sleep, sleep two more hours, and look at the clock and say, I'm, I've got a little headache. I don't think I'm feeling too good. You take something, go back to bed. Where you've got to push your way through life. You've got to push your way into the kitchen to, to cook a meal. You've got to push your way to go clean up. You've got to push your way to go do something that you need to do. Men, that you, you know. So you push your way through life. There's no fire there. The difference in that and having purpose is with purpose, it'll pull you through. It'll get you out of bed in the morning. You'll look at your, my, 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 it's 5 o'clock and I'm all ready. I can't wait to get up. Come on, son, get up. i got to do something. I've got to get busy because you're excited. There's something that pulls you. So you either are pushing or pulling. What are you? How's your life? Come on. How's your life? Are you pushing or are you pulling? So you've got to overcome I can stay there all day, but I, I guess I'll, I'll 
used up all my time on that one. Did I say I was going to get through all those tonight? Purpose, number two. When you're at the end of your road, you need to establish priorities. And what does it mean by priorities? It's very simple. You need to know what to let go of and what to hold on to. You need those things that God has implanted in your heart. You need the Spirit of God in you. You need that anointing of God on you. But you need to let go of some stuff too. The stuff that's drug you down and disappointed you and the people that have, that, have, that have caused you so much. Why don't you let all that stuff go? Why don't you know what to let loose of? What's causing you the pain that you're suffering? What's causing you the disappointments that you're going through? Do you know most of the things that you are that causes you sickness and hurt and disappointment are things you're dragging along with you that you just won't let go of? And most of the time we say to ourselves, I can't. But that's not true. All you got to do is make up your mind to forgive, to release, cut loose of. Sometimes it's good to have a good burning around your house and burn up some stuff that you've been dragging around with you all these years and ain't doing you a bit of good. I ain't getting an amen anywhere. Now, I'm going to preach this to some other group. But you got to know what to let go of and what to hold on to. Number three is power. Power. You've got to have the power of God in your life. Uh, I, I was awakened sometime up in the morning and uh, I didn't have a pen. And so I thought, man, I need to write this down. The Holy Spirit's speaking to me. But, but I didn't have a pen, but I had my phone close to me, so I got up and got my notebook out. Because under power, the Lord was dealing with me in my sleep even. And when I would wake up, that the, the purpose, the priorities, the principles, the power. I missed the principles, didn't I? I think I got that last. I moved it down to last. Power. But here's what I'm saying. Lord, how do we gain power? To, to go into the new and to, and to restart our life. How do we, and here's the three things the Holy Spirit gave me last night. Number one is receive power through knowledge. Study to show yourself approved. Study the Word of God. There's power in knowledge. And if you will seek out and search out whatever it is that God's laying on your heart or what you feel that you need to be doing, then learn as much as you can because Knowledge will bring power. And secondly, you need the anointing of God. You see, God's Holy Spirit doesn't come just to bring us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our guide. He's our instructor. And the anointing of God, pray for the Holy Spirit of God to come upon you and to anoint you fresh for every new year, every new adventure, every new thing you do. You've got to have the anointing of God or you're just going to be wasting your time. You've got to have power, and the power comes from the dunamis of God, the power which is the Holy Spirit of God. Pray for the anointing, and then you receive power. Here's the three things, knowledge, anointing, 
And then the third is by your company. Those that you have around you will either empower you or they will drain you. And if you stay around some people, they will always be sucking every bit of the energy, the joy, and the power. And, and if you spend much time with them, you'll be dragging your feet, hoping that you just keep your eyes open, hoping you can just stay alive. Come on. You can be around people that's going to be talking nothing but death and negative and, and junk. <clears throat> Listen to me. I want to tell you something. You are not the city dump, and you don't need people to bring their garbage and unload their truck at your house. So learn to have the right people with the fire of God in them and with some strength of God. And I want to tell you that are watching this uh, by Facebook or YouTube or whatever, if you are at a dead church where people drag you down and when you leave, there's more joy in going than coming, you need to get out of that church and get somewhere where people love God and where people want to help you to accomplish the things of God in your life. That's why we have to be that way to each other. That's why the church is important. But watch what your company is. I dare not even go into the fact if you are spending your time with losers and you're spending your time with ungodly people and you're spending your time with people that you used to spend time with when you were drinking or when you were doing drugs or whenever you were uh, doing things you know was wrong, if you're still spending time with them, it won't be long until you will be back doing what they're doing. You don't need to be around people. God brought you out. And that's when you not that you're just better than they are. It, it, yes, you are. <laughs> Amen. I ain't that way anymore. Come on now. Praise the Lord. So power. So we got purpose, priorities, power, persistence. You've got to keep going. You cannot quit. You because when the way gets bad, when it gets hard, just keep going. Church, we've got to be persistent in everything we do for God. It's got to keep going. We've got to keep looking to God. We cannot give up. Don't quit. Man, don't quit. I've often told, and I've told the story here, is whenever I was stricken with tremendous sickness between my 8th grade and ninth grade year in school. They could not find the cause of my sickness. I was confined to bed. Doctors all over Mississippi were not able to find what was wrong with me. Our family just moved, relocated to the Gulf Coast. And, and uh, brand new schools, brand new everything. We left the Mississippi Delta and, and the, the, the the, the life there, the lifestyle was so much different. We went there to the coast where Dad was pastoring the church. And it was a tough thing. Now, the doctor that finally came and gave us some kind of an understanding of what it might be, I, I hurt. I literally hurt day and night. I had no strength. I had no energy. <clears throat> and he confined me to bed. And he said, he looked at me and he said, 
don't quit. I've been an athlete. My eighth grade year, tremendous things accomplished athletically, and that struck me between the eighth and ninth. But I'll never forget in our bedroom where my younger brother and I slept, we had bunk beds, and I was on the bottom bunk because I didn't have strength to climb to the top bunk. And my younger brother would sleep ahead of me, and I was there confined all summer long to that bed. And I would lay there, and I would, would be able to get enough of myself to trust and believe that I would roll out of that bunk bed, literally roll, I can remember it, rolling out of that bunk bed onto my face on that floor and start doing push-ups. And all I could do would be one or two, and I would be totally exhausted. Had to lay there before I could even get back into bed. That went on day after day until at the end of the summer, I don't even know how many I could do. I began to do all kinds of different push-ups, and my strength began to come back. When I went back to school, I still didn't have the, the, the lung capacity like I needed, but I had the strength. And I want to tell you something. Only by the grace of God, I'm saying to you now, I don't care what your situation is, where you are physically right now, Care how limited you are, press beyond the hurt. Press and keep going, keep going, keep going. I don't care what's drug you down, pushed you down, hurt you, disappointed you, keep going. Amen. And then possessions, possessions. When you come to this place, sometimes you have to realize. I need to see what I what possesses me and what I possess. And from both viewpoints, how many things do I have in my life that possess me? In other words, they control me. How many hobbies, how many activities, how many things possesses me? And then how many things do I possess that are awaits to me? You know what the scripture says? Lay aside every weight and the sins that so easily beset you so that you might run with patience the race that is set before you looking unto God. Lay aside those things. Get rid of some stuff. Have a sale if you need to. Whatever you got to do. What you've drug around for the last 10 years and you still dragging around saying well one day I might use that. Come on now. Just quit possessing things and having things to possess you. What have you got right now? If God were to speak to you to pick up and go somewhere or do something for Him that you couldn't because you are so bound with possessions. Come on now. Can I get an amen somewhere? So, all right, possessions, the last one. Principles. Principles. Do you know that the best way to go into a new decade, into a new year, into a new start in your life is to make a survey of your principles of life? 
the things that you're doing that you know that have been hurting you, this is a new start. Why don't you quit? Why don't you leave them? And why don't you begin to have new principles, set new principles for yourself that will give you an edge of being an overcomer and being successful so that when you finish this decade, whatever age you're going to be 10 years from now, that you will look back and say, I set some principles in my life that if I had not set those principles and not lived by those principles, I would never have made it. But by God's grace, I'm setting these principles of my life. And I'm not going to do things that I've done that's hurt me in the past. I'm not going to do those things. They're weaknesses in my life. I'm not going to ask you to show your hand. I would love to, but how many of you have weaknesses in your life? We know what those weaknesses are. Why don't you set the principles of your life? There's no one that's ever going to make it. You won't make it without good principles without the doctrine of God, without the love of Jesus Christ and the power of God, we cannot make it. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let God have his way in your life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.